see, see what he says. And we got opened up like a can of worms. <laughs> <laughs> he says, I'll, I'll put this the nicest possible way. Go and hang yourself. <laughs> End your miserable life. <laughs> uh. Oh my God, that's after one defeat. Holy shit. He went from like very camish to absolute <laughs> fucking raging and shouting. <laughs> and the stadium erupts in red, white, and blue. You've never seen anything like it. Let's go. Hi everyone and welcome to the next episode of the iReady podcast. As ever, I'm your host Derek and with me is my co-host Dave. How are you doing Dave? Happy, smiley, you know, enjoying life, enjoying football and uh, things are just great now Derek and I, I just I wanted to stay like this. What a difference a few weeks make. <laughs> exactly, exactly. No, it's, it's been good Derek, there's been some good performances, some excellent results and as you know we're about to get into uh, here's hope that it just keeps continuing for us. Yes, so three Premiership games to cover tonight, three wins as well. A few iffy performances, I would have said, or certainly parts were iffy anyway, but we'll get into that in due course. Yeah. So without further ado, we'll go down the tunnel and onto the park. So the first game we've got to cover was Sunday the 3rd of December. It was a 2-0 win at home against St Mirren in the Premiership. Obviously a big important game as they all are, but St Mirren sitting third at that point as well. So they've been playing brilliantly this season. They've been uh, getting the results. So it was always going to be a tough game. We beat them in the last game uh, and we were hoping to you know, do the same and we, we duly did. Before the game kicked off though, I think it was like the day before, Rangers issued a statement to, to fans to remind them not to bring flares as it's illegal. I mean, some fans were a wee bit miffed about it but if you read between the lines it was a tick box exercise by the club to say to the authorities look we issued a statement what else do you want us to do because that's all we can do so we lined up with five changes from the rather disappointing Limassol game we lined up Butland, Tavernier, Goldson, Balogun, Barisic, Lundstrom, Lawrence, Cantwell, McCausland, Sima and Dessers on the subs bench we have McCrory, Ridvan, Suter, Lammers, Zafuentes, Matondo, Sterling, Davis and Danilo Dave, the first half was a very, very hard watch, wasn't it? It it was. uh, I think, you know, going by the previous performance, as you said, uh, especially the the disappointing game against Limassol, I think it may be a wee bit nervy, Derek, and not to take anything away from St Mirren, who you quite rightly said at the start had been playing really, really well this season, but we were expecting a bit more, weren't we? Yeah, I mean, it was really just the first half, really stuffy, very pedestrian, a lot of sideways passing, really not doing anything in front of goal. Our first real chance, the first note I've got here is on the 30th minute, McCausland was on the right, he cuts inside, a lovely chipped ball to Dessers in the box, Dessers was miles offside and he was taken out by the keeper. Kind of fortunate he was taken, uh, he was offside because it was a clear penalty for me anyway. Yep. 37th minute, Lundstrom gives the ball away in our half while trying to trying a sideways pass. St Mirren player takes it forward a few yards, tries a curling effort from 20 yards and a great save by Butland out for the corner. I mean, there you go. They get a, a, a chance from nothing and they make Butland do a save. Yeah. We can't even do that. It's a story of what we've been playing like for the past few yeah. while. Yep. However, we did make it 1-0 on the 45th minute. Finally, some forward-thinking play. Tavernier from the back to Goldson. Goldson passes to the right to McCausland, who takes it forward. A lovely long ball from McCausland to Dessers, who takes it on, cuts it back, cuts it inside to Cantwell, who tries to find a gap in the box. It falls to Seema, who blasts a shot into the net. Just really forward-thinking play that. The first time we've done that all game, and what do we do? We score from it. How many more times do we need to say, just go forward? I know, I know. We we say it all, all the time, but thankfully... Great time for us to get the goal as well because, as you say, it had been stuffy, Derek. There hadn't been much happening for us at all and we were thinking that it was maybe going to be, uh, you know, goalless going in at the interval. But thankfully, they made the breakthrough and got that very vital first goal. 
Yes. Second half, it was a wee bit better, but it was largely more of the same. We were certainly in control. I can't remember much to St Mern done. 52nd minute was a shot from Tavernier outside the box. A good save parried away by the keeper. 59th minute, a shot from St Mern and a comfortable save from Butland. 61st minute, Dessers off and Danilo on. And the 70th minute, we got our second goal with Seymour scoring. Cantwell in the middle, near the halfway line. A lovely through ball to Seymour. The gap in defence was worse than ours, actually, in this point. Seema picks it up and a lovely play shot into the bottom corner. Just brilliant from Cantwell there, exploiting the gaps, going forward. And Seema, you can always rely on him, it seems. Yep, no, it was, that's what we're looking for, for uh, from Cantwell, isn't it? As you say, delightful pass through. And Seema, who would say, Derek, up until this game, maybe went off the boil a wee bit. He was maybe needing a wee spark just to, to get him back in amongst the goals. That was certainly a fantastic strike by him. Really accurate as well and a tremendous setting goal just to kill the game off at, you know, the perfect time for us as well. No, it was a, a great goal all round. Yes. 88th minute, McCausland and Barisic off, Ridvan and Matondo on. 85th minute, Cantwell and Tavernier off, Lammers and Sterling on. 90th minute, Lammers on the right side of goal, in space, tries to shoot from six yards and it still goes wide of the far post. Of the far post. So how can he even do that? (laughs) I'm saying nothing, Derek. I'm saying nothing. Well, there's a point in the next game I'll get to, but uh, yeah, just lammers. But anyway, it wasn't a big flashy game. It was perfunctory. It was job done. As I said, the only major thing that Butland had to do was was in that first half. They never really tested them at all in that second half. Problem is, we never really tested their keeper much as well. We need to start sorting that one out. But it's three points, and I'll take it. Definitely. As you say, a stuffy game against a potentially difficult opponent, but we dealt with it well. And great to see, as I say, Simmer getting back amongst the goals, because as we're about to get into it in the next few games, he's played a pivotal part for us, hasn't he? Yes. So the next game was Wednesday the 6th of December. It was a 1-0 win away against Hearts in the Premiership. Dave, take it away. Yep, well, right at the start of the game, as we know, there had to be a couple of changes. Uh, one being forced because Barisic was out injured, so it was uh, a recall for Ridvan Yilmaz at left back and Danilo also getting a start up front. So the team that was out for this game, Butland, Tavernier, Goldson, Balligan, Ridvan, Lundstrom, Lawrence, Cantwell, McCausland, Simmer and Danilo with McCrory, Suter, Dessers, Lammers, Fuentes, Matondo, Sterling, Roof and Davies on the bench. And about the sort of first 20 minutes of the game, really not much happening. The only sort of talking points were an early let-off for us when it was a, a, a Rangers corner and it was James Tavernier. He passes to the edge of the box to Lundstrom. He finds, uh, tries to pass it back to Yilmaz, who, as I say, was just back, but he just blatantly gives the ball away. Poor effort by him. Hearts break at speed right down Ball falls to Shankland. He gets to the edge of the box, but thankfully blasts it over the bar. So just coming for their own sloppy play. But then, Derek, what happens? You know, the guy's only just back playing a few games. And unfortunately, Tom Lawrence gets injured. He goes down holding his thigh. And a minute later, he has to come off. So the guy, I don't know what it is, Derek. Is he just injury prone or has he just been unlucky? Can't seem to catch a break. I, I, I really don't know. But especially just now when we're, we're really sort of light in midfield. That's a big, big blow for us, isn't it? I mean, I, I don't know what to say because he's one of these players that has went out in an unfortunate injury. He's been out for a long time. He's had at least two comebacks from that injury initially and he kept breaking down. He's came back, he's been injured, he's went out, he's came back, he's got injured, he's been out. And this is again the third time I think now he's yep. came back, he's got injured. There comes a point and he's not the only one in the team. No, definitely maybe, not. Maybe we just need to let him go because this we can't keep going on and we can't keep relying on players like this. We've brought a new background staff in, which we'll get into as well, to, to try and solve these injuries. I mean, it's been well documented. Clement is, uh, can't believe the amount of injuries and the same type of muscular injuries we're getting in the one season in a very short space of time. Yeah. Maybe this will sort it going forward, but if this is going to keep going on with certain players, there's no time for sentimentality. We've got to get rid of them. I'm sorry, he's a good player, but we just can't rely on him. Like Roof, like Hollander was... 
count how many other players we've got in the exactly. team right now a lot like that. You can add Ryan Jack to that, unfortunately, as well. It's maybe no being quite as bad, but just seems seems to be out all the time. But it's it's been a nightmare, Derek. I'm like you, and you know you you've said to Zeri, you know he's he's a, a good player, but we've only been able to see it in flashes, haven't we, in certain games, and the rest of the time he's been out. So, I a, a bit of a nightmare there. So he had to come off, like I say there, and Sequentes came on. That was in the 18th minute, 25th minute though. Hearts with their first real chance, and they work the ball into the box. They get back to the byline. They cut the ball back. There's a shot for the Hearts striker. Butland, he was out to the Hearts player. He basically had an open goal, but a fantastic goal line stop by James Tavernier managed to get his body in the way. So Hearts had a great chance to score there. Thankfully, nothing came of it. 30th minute. Rangers put the ball into the net from across, in from Simmer Cantwell, who strikes the ball, it falls back to Danilo, he flicks the ball into the goal, but clearly was offside, I've, I've got to say that, I was jumping up at the time, but no, it was offside, but thankfully, four minutes later, we did get the breakthrough, and what a fantastic goal it was, considering where it started from, because the ball was away back with James Tavernier in the right back area, with two players on him, trying to get the ball out of defence. He basically flicks the ball out to Ross McCausland, who's a bit further infield. And McCausland, for the first time, sort of dink ball back to Tav, into midfield, Tav runs, and then just plays the most outrageous through ball uh, to Simmer, who was on the left-hand side, but cut in in front of the Hearts defenders who didn't have a clue where he was. He latches on to that fantastic ball at the edge of the box. Sander Clark runs out. Maybe should have been better goalkeeper. I wasn't caring, but he left a big gap and Summer was there just to stroke the ball into the back of the net for the edge of the box. Derek, what a fantastic move and a fantastic goal, wasn't it? I mean, there's going to be a new award getting handed out to Tavernier at the award ceremony at the end of the year. The Scott Allen pass of the season. <laughs> Definitely was, Because yeah. Scott Allen's just lost that award from that pass. I mean, it wasn't just the pass. It was the work that Tavernier had to do. It was the, the sheer determination from him. He chest the ball down, get it, make the run, then play that ball. And you cannot underestimate the work that Seema had to do as well. Cut in behind the player, cross him, and then still finish it as well just an all-round outstanding goal and that's what's annoying because Tavernier's crossing all game up until that point was absolutely atrocious but his passing was great so uh, it's, a, it's a weird thing there but uh, what a goal Aye, fantastic goal and like I said from where it started to where it finished it was just tremendous tremendous play then in the 40th minute a you know, half chance Ridvan he crosses in for the left hand side it takes a deflection and falls to Cantwell but it's quite high can't really get a shot away but it takes a sort of flick at it and it's just over the bar but I think if that had maybe been about a foot lower he would have got that definitely on target and then a great chance for 2-0 in the 47th minute a ball in from the left Ball again heads the ball down straight to Danilo, who's inside the six yard box. The six yard box, he's not on the edge of the box, apparently. Six yard box, and he turns round and just hits it straight at Clark. And then he, he reacts sort of slowly because Clark palms it back out to him. And I just feel if he'd have got there just a second earlier, a nanosecond earlier, he would have got a better chance. But he manages to get a shot away eventually, but it's easily cleared in a way. So a really guilt-edge chance there for Danilo and it was a bit of a story of the day for Danilo but then it was half-time so not a great first half by either team uh, but we did have the slender lead thanks to that absolute piece of brilliance by James Tavernier and a great finish by Summer so into the second half the 52nd minute another incredible chance for Danilo again Clark spills a ball like an absolute nothing ball straight in front of him and instead he just absolutely blasts it. He tries to place it and uh, Hearts managed to get the block in on the line and clear it. So again, guilt-edge chance for a striker. Really should be scoring that. And then Yilmaz, he has a fantastic chance as well. He gets on onto a pass from Lundstrom to the byline and fizzes the ball right across the face of the goal. You know, really un unlucky there, just past the post. Then the 63rd minute, free kick uh, on the right into Goldson. He heads the ball, but it deflects off the Hearts defender's back and out for a corner for Goldson as well. Really should have had that on target. It's a bread and butter to a guy like him. 
Uh, and then another great chance for the setting does Lundstrom. He shoots low for the edge of the box. Clark saves it, and it falls straight to Yilmaz. So again, kind of right in front of goal, and manages to blast it over the bar. Really should be hitting the target, Derek. That was another guilt edge chance. So, so far, you know, at least two or three times that we really should have been 2-0 up at this stage. Yeah, playing decent at that point, I think, and we were the only team that were really in it. Yeah, definitely. So, double sub in the 71st minute, Yilmaz and Danilo off, and we'll get into that. Danilo coming off after I've done the, the rest of this game, uh, Roof and Sterling on, and then in the 80th minute, another great chance with Balogun with a through ball to Roof. And for some reason, he tried to find Simmer in the box. And Simmer shoots, and the keeper pulls off a great save, but it's offside. But Roof, in acres of space there, I'm really shocked he didn't go for that one himself. He could definitely have got a shot away. Don't know if it was just rustiness or nerves with Roof, but it's certainly not like him. Uh, 81st minute, another chance. Goldson with a long ball to Simmer inside the box. Simmer dinks the ball just over the goalkeeper and just inches wide, really unlucky there and then only three minutes injury time getting played here which I was quite surprised about but full time so at the end it was a bit nervy coming into the end, Hearts were putting a bit of pressure on but we really should have been a lot more comfortable with a large amount of clear chances that we'd missed but at the end of the day a fantastic victory, certainly away at Tynecastle, very small number of Rangers fans there but can I say small amount of home supporters there as well with the amount of empty seats at Tynecastle so you know we've, we spoke about the, the allocation for away fans and stuff like that we, we know what, what it is but I was expecting our uh, Tynecastle would be completely sold out there but it wasn't but an excellent three points regardless Derek yeah, I mean, just delighted with the win. Uh, as you said, a lot of pressure was getting put on them in the second half. At least we were making the keeper make make some saves. Uh, Butland had a good save in that as well, around about the 70th minute. The one thing that I wanted to say was Cantwell came off and Lammers came on on the 87th minute. Now, in about the 92nd minute, Shortly after the Lammers came on, obviously, Lammers tried to flick on a header to the right wing to McCausland. <laughs> it was a poor header. It was a really poor header. McCausland would have needed to be twice the speed of Usain Bolt to get to yeah. it. But Lammers still had the cheek to have a yeah. go at McCausland. Oh, but bear in mind, had played the full game. And Lammers had just came on for, for two minutes there. It's What was Lammers thinking about? He's not going to get in and do himself any favours favors having a go at a player who's just played the whole game, who's playing a hell of a lot better than you, and you play him a ball that it, it wouldn't be faster than the speed of light to get to. And it was picked up by several pundits as well. What's he on about? So uh, it was just craziness from Lammers there. But... You know, we got the result. Uh, it was a, a difficult place to go, notoriously, uh, at yep. Castle. The fans, you know, I can almost forgive Hearts fans, especially not coming up and coming out in numbers. It was a cold Wednesday night in the run-up to Christmas. Cost of living crisis and all that. But at the same time, I, I know what you're saying, Dave. Yeah. If you're going to moan about ticket allocations and we're, we're not going to give, you know, away fans more tickets because we can sell out our own, that's fine, but if you can't, give us them back because we would have taken fans there. You know we would have. So, but that's all. Especially though, as well, they were. I think they'd won like four games in the bounce or something. Nate Smith was manager of the month. So you'd be thinking that the fans would be, you know, thinking they would be well up for this game as well. So I was quite, quite d- disappointed. But going back just briefly. Derek to the substitution that was made where Danilo has came off. It actually turns out that Danilo has suffered quite a serious injury and looks as if he's going to be out for quite uh, some amount of time. So, yeah, another injury blow for us. And, uh, you know, he hadn't, he'd been very poor, in my opinion, in the game, you know, regardless. But can't seem to catch any breaks with the, with the injury front, can we? I mean, I wish it was breaks off people's legs, to be honest, because it would have been a easier cut and dry injuries, whereas we're getting muscular injuries. You know... Yeah. Danilo's initial injury with his his head knock when he scored the goal, you can almost forgive that type of injury because it was an impact injury where we're getting a lot of niggly muscular injuries, which is the big problem just now. And it's making players be out for weeks and months at a time. And then they're never the same when they come back or they're never never up to full fitness and it takes them a long while to to get back. So, yeah, it's 
it's so frustrating just now, Dave. Very, yeah, it, it certainly is. And after the game, the manager Philip Clement was asked if a striker was the main priority in January, and he basically said, "Well, because of that, it, it now really has to be." So uh, we'll just have to watch a space to see what happens there. But going by his reaction, it seems that he is going to be out for quite some time. Yeah. But anyway, next game and the last game we've got to cover, it was on Saturday the 9th of December. It was a 3-1 win at home against Dundee in the Premiership. We had five changes from the Hearts game. We lined up Butland, Tavernier, Suter, Balogun, Barisic, Lundstrom, Sifuentes, Cantwell, Matondo, Sima and Dessers. On the subs bench were McCrory, Ridvan, Goldson, Lammers, Sterling, Roof, Davis, King and McCausland. So I missed the first minute of the game uh, because my stream wasn't up at that point. I think we had a chance against us in that that first wee minute there. And then on the fourth minute, Dundee worked the ball through our defence and had a shot and a great fingertip diving save to keep it out the net by Butland. And he puts it out for the corner. However, on the fifth minute, the resulting corner, Dundee made it 1-0. Kind of out, out of nothing, to be honest, as well. It was a deep corner, flicked into the middle. We tried to get our head to it. It flicks to the back post to their attacker, who controls it and shoots it in. So simple. Why can't we just clear our lines? In fairness to the attacker, it was great the way he controlled it and had the composure to put it in the net. Something we lack sometimes up front. But it was just so poor from our defence once again. It was, and uh, you know, Derek, I watched that big striker back, uh, back of Yoko in there, and he, he gave our defenders a tough time the whole match. He was great at uh, holding onto the ball and holding play up and really using his physicality, you know, to his advantage against us, and that's kind of sometimes what we've been looking for from Dessers to do for us, I think. But as you say, fair play to him. It was, it was an excellent excellent control. He got the shot on target, which is what you're looking for your striker to do. The ball ended up in the net, but really, really poor defending by us. Yes. And then the game was a bit pedestrian for a good 15 minutes after that until we scored the goal on the 20th minute with Dessers scoring. It was a long ball from the right into the box to nobody from Tavernier. It was headed away by the defender, but only to Cantwell on the edge of the box, who plays a great layoff to Dessers, who tries to shoot. It was blocked. He gets the break of the ball, a bit lucky that one there, but Dessers picks it up again and has, has some composure for a change and shoots it into the back of the net. A kind of Dessers type of goal because of the way we got the break of the ball there, but it was great composure from him nonetheless as well. Brilliant. Yeah, it was, Yeah, and it showed you, you know, he did go for the shot on his right foot, didn't come off, came back to him and then he just absolutely lashed at it with his left foot. Goalkeeper had absolutely no chance, so yeah, you know, really good instinctive finish by him and I was certainly looking at that point for him to, you know the fact he'd got the goal for him to hopefully go on and, and have a bit of a, a dominant game for us but pleased as you say because it was a bit pedestrian at that point just for us to be back in, into the match and don't really think we looked back after that No we certainly kicked on from there 22nd minute Seaman driving the ball from the left wing he cuts in and has a shot at the near post saved by the keeper out for the corner 23rd minute the game stopped for a VAR check it goes to the screen the defender was clearly holding on to the shirt of Seamart, preventing him getting the ball, and a penalty was duly given. Uh, we'll get into the, the follow from that afterwards, but it was a clear penalty, Dave. Yep. Once again, a defender holding our player in the box. Great for us. I don't know why managers of opposition teams are not getting their defenders told about this. It was What was funny about it is that, granted, both of them were kind of at it, but the, the defender was still at it when the ball was coming over and he actually, actually fell to his knees and he still was holding on and pulling the jersey. Yeah. So nobody can have any complaints about that whatsoever. But anyway, in the 26th minute, upsteps Tavernier, makes it 2-1. He shoots to the left, the keeper dives the wrong way. Great penalty. Certainly was, yep. And great for us to be in front at that stage. And going back to the penalty, Derek, 100 you could see that Simmer was jumping and was unable to get any height on his on his jump because uh, you know the defender was pulling the jersey back. So a definite penalty dispatched perfectly as well by James Tavernier, and that was us then in the lead. So great stuff. Yes, we didn't need to wait long though for the third goal because that came on the 34th minute to make it 3-1 and it was Seema who scored. Tavernier with an outstanding outswinging corner from the right to the middle of the box and a Goldson style bullet header by Seema into the back of the net. Not a typical Seema goal but if they can add that to his arsenal as well all the more for it. Brilliant. 
it was. I, I was actually going to say Hatley-esque Derek for the, the, the older fans out there because that's what it looked like. Timed his run perfectly, got up and absolutely battered that header into the back of the net. I love goals like that. I love headed goals, especially ones like that. And for Summer, back to being on fire again, Derek, and that's what we're looking for. Yes. 36 minute Dundee had the ball in the, in the back of our net, but it was a clear foul on Butland before. It was just absolutely baffling because there was hesitation from Clancy, who appeared to wait on VAR given the decision. It was offside in any case, but people complaining, oh no, that should have, that's a perfectly good goal. No, it wasn't. He. Was it soft in the keeper? Absolutely not. He just came barging into the keeper. And I know that keepers get a lot of protection. But there was no need for a lot of protection in this way because it was a clear foul, Dave. I can't believe yeah. people were, were complaining about that. Well, obviously they would because it was well, us. Yeah. But <laughs> Not long after that, 42nd minute, Cantwell had the ball in the back of the net after a great work, got the shot off, but it was ruled a foul. I still have no idea why no. No. we got the foul against us there. The Dundee player was sliding in to, before Cantwell got the ball. And he's the one that actually gave away the foul. So once again, the referee seemed to half guess it. And he's blew for the whistle without knowing what was happening. He's meant to let the play run on, is he not? And then let VAR pick that up if it was a foul in the process. But he just didn't seem to even see it. I don't know what the foul was for, Dave. No, I definitely don't. And it says something when you go back and you rewind things back two or three times and you still can't see why it was a foul at all. As you say, I don't even think Kevin Clancy knew really. He obviously saw something out the corner of his eye or whatever, but it certainly wasn't enough to, to, to bring the goal back. And it was a fantastic goal by Cantwell, you've, you, you've got to say that. But quite rightly what you said, Derek, the, the game should should flow. And if there's anything picked up, then VAR would contact him. So Kevin Clancy making an absolute arse of it, as he's done Many times when he's been the referee against us, Derek, any time I see that his name is there for refereeing our games, I know that we're not going to get it easy. And there was certainly absolutely nothing wrong with that goal. No, just dire as usual from the yep. from the Clancy show. 45th minute, a lovely passenger played down the left, multiple block shots. Tavernier chips it and it hits off the bar. A great save by the keeper. Dessers getting held and he was actually pushed to the yep. ground. Nothing given and it was eventually cleared. Great <sighs> play all around but where was VAR and where was the referee not given the penalty for that one? Because that was a clear penalty. Tavernier very vociferous in his claims to the referee for the penalty as well. But Kevin Clancy is one of these referees who, if you've been given a penalty in the first half, you're never getting a second one. Derek, it was actually quite shocking why that wasn't given or picked up by VAR or, or, or whatever. Because as you say, first of all, James Tavernier, really really unlucky there with that shot. That would have been one of the goals of the season. But you know, when that ball came back in, he was clearly actually on top of Dessers when the ball got played back in. It wasn't he was pulling him down or standing next to him. He was actually right on top of him. As clear a foul as you will see in the box. Anybody could have seen it. Again, I've, looked, I've watched that one back. I don't know how many times watching the highlights. As clear as you can get. And Clancy gives us absolutely nothing. Shocking, shocking refereeing. Well, if it's shocking refereeing that one was, then this was an absolute disgrace for me. 49th minute, Bakayoko goes down injured. There was a long VAR check. In the 50th minute, Sifuentes was sent off. Basically, what had happened is Bakayoko slid in. Sifuentes stood on him, high on the leg, just below the knee. Bearing in mind, it was on the ground at this point. It wasn't as if it was high foot he had. I mean, it wasn't even a challenge from Sifuentes. He had almost tried to stick his foot out, get the ball. Bakayoko then slid in, and as he was putting his foot down, he stood on his foot. There was no intent there whatsoever, and I know no. intent's not part of it. There was no uh, malice. There was no force in it at all. And to give a red, a straight red card for that is an absolute joke, in my opinion. I know Dermot Gallagher said, yeah, it was a sending off. In today's thing, any type of studs high above the knee like that, yeah, it's getting given as a as a red card. But I'm sorry, that was nothing like, you know, the Stevie May Ryan Jack one from a few seasons ago, which kind of kicked all this off when referees started clamping down on on that. It was nothing like that. He was putting his foot down, and it was the, the opposition player that slid in into that position. So where's he meant to put his foot? He can't put it anywhere else. You've actually just took the words out of my mouth because I was about to ask you exactly the same thing there. 
where on earth was his foot supposed to go? He went to put his foot to go on top, top of the ball, and as he was coming down, Bakayoko slid in. So there was no other place for Sifuentes' foot to go anywhere. And it, it makes it look worse when you slow it down so much that it looks as if it was intentional. But in real time, Derek, you could quite clearly see that he was going for the ball and then he had absolutely nowhere to go. A ridiculous decision yet again. And, you know, you can see the disbelief by all the other players. Even the even the, the, the Dundee players didn't even think it was a sending off because none of them were, were running about going daft, you know, shouting at the referee or anything like that. So, you know, complete farce. I don't know how we came to that decision. But again, just like we said before, Kevin Clancy, absolute nightmare any time a referee is games. Yeah, I mean, the folk are saying that he was given a yellow card initially for it, but the way he brung his card out after the VAR decision had been, it's almost as if he was about to give a yellow and then yep. he's flashed mm-hmm. a red. So I don't understand what, what that was all about. He should have just surely, you know, shook his hands with the yellow cards and then given the red, but he never done that. It's just yeah. weird all around. And I don't know yeah. if, I don't know what had happened there, if that's just miscommunication from VAR, because you never get to see anything. But the actual decision, I mean, Sifuentes was the one who made the move first. And it was, yep. as you said, it was Bakayoko that slid in. So, yeah, but Rangers are appealing that. Uh, there's, it's been, it's not even yes. a fast track thing now, because it's basically, you've got a certain time frame to lodge your appeal, and it's basically heard within a couple of days now, rather than dragged on for weeks and weeks. So it'll be getting held tomorrow or today as you hear, listen to this. But, um, we'll see. I'm, I'm not hopeful because those type of things sometimes are given as, as red cards. But from the, is, the, the reasons outlined there, I don't see how it can be given as a, as a red card. And from the playing side of things, Derek, he wasn't setting the heather on fire, Sifuentes, but I actually thought he had quite a decent game when he came on against Hearts when uh, when Lawrence got injured. I, I thought he actually dealt with the game really quite well playing that sort of defensive role and up, up until that stage he was doing everything that, that he needed to do without being a standout but it now leaves us incredibly short because I think we've, we've basically only got Lundstrom and Cantwell that are only sort of fit midfielders so it's uh, again, it's it's leaving us struggling. We certainly with the next two big games coming up. So I hope and hope that we do manage to get the appeal through. But like you said, I'm not going to hold out much uh, oh. much chance of it happening. So only half time, and uh, Michael Malls came on at half time yeah. for the draw, and he broke down in tears with all the chants and the support he was given, and thanked the fans as well. Just unbelievable to see him back so quickly yeah. after a major operation like that, yeah. and I'm glad he's on the mend. Just outstanding. Fantastic, yeah. Still a really fit guy, Derek, as you've been seeing on his social media and stuff, but uh, great to see. He was uh, really quite emotional there and, you know, loved by by us all. And you can see that he's over in the country a lot. Obviously, really still enjoys his time here. So, not great to see. Yes. So, at half-time, we made two changes. Matondo and Cantwell off McCausland and Sterling on. No any injuries, apparently, for, thankfully for that one. <laughs> it was purely tactical because, obviously, we were down to 10 men. 56th minute, McCausland on the right with a shot and a save by the keeper at a tight angle. 58th minute, Dundee with a shot on target, but it was right at Butland. 58th minute, this is when Clancy had just lost the plot again. Clear jersey pull on Dessers, preventing them breaking. A foul was given, no yellow. Yeah. It was a clear yellow card every yeah. day of the week. A minute later, a foul against us for a pullback. It was Barisic this time. We get the yellow card. No yeah. hesitation whatsoever. And Clement was absolutely raging at this yeah. point here. And Clancy being the absolute dick that he is, he ends up giving Clement a, a yellow card as well. We don't mind Barisic getting a yellow card for that one because it was a yellow card. He clearly prevented them getting forward, uh, them on the break. It's a yellow card offence. What we don't like is the fact that there was an exact same challenge less than a minute before by their players, but no yellow cards. Where's the consistency? Yeah. I say this exactly. time and time again, Dave. We don't ask yep. for special treatment. We ask for fair treatment. And once again, Kevin Clancy is a dick who wasn't given <laughs> us a- <laughs> I, I've said it time and time again, and, and I'll say it again. I just any time I know that he's a referee, I just know we're going to get nothing for us. And the only reason that we got the penalty with him being in charge because it was flagged up on VAR and it was obvious that was it. If that had been down to him, he would have just let the play continue. So no, he's an absolute nightmare any time that we have him as a referee. 
Yeah. 61st minute, a rash challenge by it. It was either Tavernier or Sterling, I'm not too sure. Right on the line of, right on the edge of the box. Very lucky that there. It was a silly challenge to put in as well, but was clearly outside the box. It was just fortunate that it was. Yeah. But you had all the Celtic fans claiming, oh no, that was clearly inside the box. And then still pictures showing you, no, it was clearly outside the box. Yet they were still claiming, no, that was inside the box. Just the, the mind boggles with the, the folk anyway. 72nd minute, Dessers off, roof on. 74th minute, ball in the middle of our box. Dundee attacker controls and we kick out of the corner. 77th minute, a long free kick into the Dundee box. The ball bounces, falls to Balogun at the back post, gets a shot off at an angle, cleared off the line and then eventually cleared. There was a head knock for Seema in the process as well. He was down for a good few minutes. Fortunately, he's back up and there was nothing untoward that's happened there. 89th minute, Lundstrom off and King on. 90th minute, Lamy for Dundee finally gets a yellow <laughs> card. Multiple fouls, multiple yeah. obstructions. He was the one, I believe, who fouled uh, Dessers getting forward just before uh, Barisic got the yellow card. Finally, on the 90th minute, he gets a yellow card. 91st minute, last piece of play here. Sterling with a peach of a shot from the left side of the box from 20 yards off the inside of the, the far post. Rebounds out to Seema who blasts it over the bar in a half volley. Just unlucky it wouldn't have set up there and I think he had a wee bit more time than he thought but a wee bit more composure that would have been number four there but it was brilliant from Sterling done the same but delighted with that. 3-1 winners should have been four. Kevin Clancy's still a dick. Derek, I actually, when the game finished when I look back, I've actually... It's, it's probably about the best that I've felt from a even still quite a mediocre performance from us. But if you look at the circumstances in the game with the sending off, with everything going against us, Dundee still getting the, the fair sort of opportunities to put us under pressure. And, you know, our defence dealing with it very well with 10 men and still managing to get some really good chances to score a fourth. So, you know, I, I was really pleased and it showed me as well that Philip Clement has got plans up his sleeve for sort of these eventualities and it's maybe the first time in a long time that I've felt that from a manager that he does have tactics and he does have a game plan, you know, for, for, for whatever gets thrown at us. So, yeah, I was, I was really pleased with that. Great three points and it's getting us ready for these uh, all-important next few games that are coming up. Yeah, I mean, these three games here kind of started to turn my mind now because I was starting to see shades of Beal with Clement with obviously an initial upturn of performances and then they slowly start to fade and then the big games come along and we lose out in them and we don't get the results as we've seen in the last podcast. But these three games here I've shown you and as you said, they are, you know, different things have happened, different circumstances and he has managed to get through the games and he's got the players through the games just the last piece of uh, I've got on this Dundee game here Dundee boss Tony Doherty at the end of the game and his presser tied himself in absolute knots over the penalty he said the image presented to Kevin Clancy favours the penalty being given but the reality is there's bustling in the box Seema has a hold of Aaron Donnelly's shirt and Kevin Clancy deemed that to be okay he then gets shown an image in a real pivotal moment of the game at one each. You need things to go for you and that one went against us. So, again, a manager of an opposition team coming out and saying something that I would say brings the game into disrepute. He's he's actually just said it favours the penalty being given. Yeah, because that's a fucking penalty you dick. And again, Derek, going back to, as he phrased it, the the way that it was shown on VAR for certain angles would favour it. We could say exactly the same thing for Sifuentes getting sent off as well. Because when these things get put down to ultra slow mo, it looks worse than what it is. It's, it's certainly that, that was the case for Sifuentes getting sent off. But as I said to you before, on the penalty, you saw that Simmer was trying to get height in his jump and he couldn't because the defender was pulling him down to the ground. So it's it, it, if that's not a clear penalty, I don't, I, I don't know what is. But again, it's a manager complaining. You know, I don't know if he's maybe trying to insinuate something, Derek, as quite a, a, a few of them do, but, you know, anybody look, looking at that would see that it was a clear penalty, Derek, and, you know, quite rightly it was given. I don't, I, there just seems to be this thing as, oh, well, are we giving uh, shot pulls in the box now for just Rangers? And it's like, no. Because, well, one, it was our attacking sense. Yes, shot pulling and wrestling goes on at every single set piece in the box, 
but it's your level of the way you do it and how long you continue it for. And yeah. these players that have been caught out with us getting penalties, they've continued to do it as the ball has been played in. So that's the reason why penalties are getting given against you. So what I think as well is you've got a lot of Celtic fans moaning the fact that there, there's a short pull that the Rangers got on a penalty, but we never get them. Well, they did because they got one in two games ago and they keep citing the whole the fact that in the Ross County game they played a few games ago, that there was three jersey pulls in the box that should have been clear penalties. And they use this like as that's the one piece of evidence they've got to say <laughs> that the reason why referees... And you know what they're going to be doing for, for God knows how long now is, oh, that shows you that there's proof of bias. That's the kind of shit. Then Celtic use that as their evidence time and time yep. again. It's not the same. But anyway... Fuck Celtic because they ended up losing <laughs> at the weekend. It made our weekend unbelievable. Clawed more points back, well, hopefully. So, in the table, we've played 16, won 12, drawn 1, lost 3, scored 33, conceded only 8, goal difference plus 25, we're on 37 points. We're st in second, still 5 behind Celtic, but we've got a game in hand over them. We're 12 ahead of St Mirren, who are in third, we've also got a game in hand over them as well. So, we're in the situation now, winner game in hand, and we're only 2 points behind Celtic, considering we're 8 points are behind at 1 point. It's going to be, but by the time we get back into league business, Derek, they're going to be two games in hand of us because obviously they'll have a game this weekend when we're in the cup final. So it's going to be two games in hand that we have. We just need to keep the pressure on, Derek, and we need to get through this injury spell by basically just need to keep winning. It's going to be difficult, as I say, because these injuries in key positions are, are going to make it extra tough for us. But... Fingers crossed, just by, just I, I just saw something in that last game, Derek, I, I don't know if, it, if you picked up on it, but I just saw a sort of a glimmer of, of light in the way that we played with sort of, you know, against the odds with 10 men, and but still controlling the game and still getting forward. I just, I, 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 take, I take a lot of heart for that, I really did, and I think the players did also, so I'm, I'm quietly confident, shall we say. Yes. So that lines us up in the next few games here. On Thursday, the 14th of December, I wait against Real Betis. Europa League Group C Game yep. 6. That's at 8 o'clock kickoff. Other great game kicks off in the group at the same time as well. So uh, we've no go that hoodoo against us this time. No. Obviously, it's certain permutations what might happen. If Limassol win, then I think we can still lose the game effectively because our, our uh, head-to-head's better than Prague win and we're through to the next round as we said in the last pod we're guaranteed conference league football yeah. anyway which would still be great but we want to progress in this this league as well obviously if we sit second we go into the playoffs if we win the group which is if we beat Betis that's the, the aim of the game we top the group and we go we miss the playoff round and we go straight into the, the next round after that so all to play for there Sunday the 17th of December this you know speaks for itself it's a must win at Hamden against Aberdeen at League Cup final, uh, that's a 3 o'clock kickoff. Wednesday the 20th of December, this is our first game in hand that's at home against St Johnson in the Premiership, that's a 1945 kickoff. Again, as you said because we're playing on Sunday in the League Cup final, we'll still have another game in hand yeah. uh, to play as well. Sunday the 24th of December away against Motherwell in the Premiership, that's a midday kickoff. Wednesday the 27th of December at home against Ross County in the Premiership, that's a 1945 kickoff. To round out December, Saturday the 30th of December away against Celtic in the Premiership, that's a 12.30 kickoff. So, a lot of games. Yeah, six wins, Derek. That's all it's going to take. <laughs> six wins. <laughs> Just one thing that I've picked up on though, that you know, Celtic fans complaining about, oh, your fixture got moved and that's no fair. Celtic play on the 23rd, we play on the 24th. Celtic play then on the 26th at 1500, we play on the 27th at yep. 1945. Then that's both of us into the, the Gold Firm Derby on the 30th. Yep. So Celtic have got more time to recuperate. It's maybe not about game time, it's about uh, you know recuperation time with all these games coming thick and fast, especially when we've got a lot of muscle strain injuries happening just now as well. So Celtic can't turn around and say, oh, you've you've got the rub of the green when it comes to fixtures. No, because they've got that one in this one once again. But anyway, enough moaning about them. I know, we'll yeah, you, you, you've mentioned them a lot, Derek, and we should be, we, we should be rejoicing now. Yes, well, I am. I am. <laughs> 
So we'll now go into the news. So Dave, the AGM. Yep. I know we rightly laughed at Celtic's AGM a few weeks ago. However, Celtic fans really could rightly laugh at us at ours because it was a shambles, Dave, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I was kind of expecting it. That there was a lot of things being said beforehand about, uh, you know, fans, you know, we, we really need to get this done properly, get the correct questions asked, make sure we're getting the, the answers that we're looking for and stuff. But as usual, and I'm saying as usual, because it always seems to turn in a bit of a circus, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, firstly, the venue was too small. Typically, we've been getting 1,200 fans into their 1,200 shareholders into the Armadillo. I think Edmondson House only holds about 700 less if it's seated. I mean, some were put in the Blue Sky Lounge with video feeds, some were put in other places, and there was couriers running back and forward with bits of paper for questions for the board as well, which isn't ideal. I mean, as much as I like the idea of Edmondson House, I said right at the beginning, I don't think it was going to be big enough for everything we've, we've tried to do. We've tried yeah. to be a, a jack of all trades with it rather than a master of one. Surely you would have seen from previous AGMs what's the attendance like and you would have seen that no, it's going to be too small. So yeah. as much as it's a wee money-saving expedition in that respect, I would much rather it be the Armadillo. Probably looks a bit classier as well, to be honest. There was nothing earth-shattering from the statements as well, uh, with all stuff we've really heard before. The chairman's statement was, he said he's keeping it brief rather than like the last one to get time for more questions. I think we all wish they had done a lengthy statement and had less time for questions because yeah. of the questions... The first question was more of a statement about criticising the lack of capacity and move it back to the armadillo. I mean, you've got the directors waiting on questions for important yeah. things and you ask that. What kind of idiot do you need to be? Seriously, Dave. I know. It's, uh, you know it was blatantly obvious, as you said, that that, that that was the case. But why waste time you know, stating the, the obvious that's there when you know, it had already happened? There's no point in going over it should have been there or it shouldn't have been and what's happening you're actually there in the moment to ask pertinent questions about what's going on so aye a stupid waste of time yeah uh, there was a question about plans for ibrox expansion i mean they, they gave an answer which has basically already been covered in fan yeah. forum meetings yep. the singing section placement again already been covered in fan forums no defined dates yep. or placements yet and then Alan Harris, I'm sorry if you listen, Alan, but this was just, my God. He was on about support or safety abroad, and it was a valid point about how some police forces treat us, and with the UEFA issue in Seville, and compared to how UEFA dealt with that, compared to how they handled the Liverpool final that same year, he then told the board that he's got an apartment in Spain, he invited Bisgrove to come and stay with him. <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> No cheek, no chance. <laughs> I, I mean, I can kind of see where he's coming from. It was kind of come and see how fans are treated and how it should be done and all that. But I'll give him the benefit of the doubt there. I, I don't think that that was possibly the, the, the way that he was meaning it and it was just po poorly phrased, shall we say. Yeah, I mean, if you're listening, Alan, I'm sorry, but it, did, it just didn't sound good. So, yeah, next couple of questions about transfer funds for January and contract expiries. Again, nothing out of the ordinary nothing of substance I'm kind of paraphrasing here but it was kind of like from the board there's money just let us get on with that part we'll, we'll deal with it uh, next thing a ridiculous question about away ticket allocation as the person never got tickets and he was told to basically pick it up after the meeting with them uh, I mean every single AGM we have there's a disgruntled supporter no happy that they never got a ticket for a certain game every single AGM that gets brought up for fuck's sake do you know what I mean it's, uh, that annoys me more than any of the other things that were asked Derek is, is these things because you know they've been gone to Ibrox and away games for 40 years and they never got a, you know a ticket for fucking Aberdeen away or whatever ridiculous thing to bring up in an AGM with a club absolutely ridiculous I mean, it's no, it's if, right, so I know, understand that my jers is an issue and all that kind of thing. It would have been better phrasing it in a my jers type of thing. Yes. And is it going to be relooked? But yeah. my jers isn't going to solve the problem with other clubs continually cutting allocations. Yeah. Well, if we're only getting 500 tickets for, for, for a lot of Tain teams Castle. now. Aye. Yeah. For, for, for example, Tain Castle. Exactly. And it's as if 
fans want to blame Rangers for this happening, where it's absolutely nothing to do with them. It's, a, again, a complete waste of time to come in and vent your frustration about the lack of away tickets when we have got very little say over how, much, how, how many tickets that we can get from uh, uh, you know, away fans. And I'm sure the people, the, the powers that be at Rangers are lobbying constantly for more away tickets to, to, to be given out for certain games. But at the end of the day, it's no our decision, is it? No. Next thing here, there was a valid question about booing players and how it's getting the atmosphere down. It was a valid question for the fact that, you know, booing players coming off the field, getting substituted or coming on, that's, uh, it is quite poor in that respect. Boo the team as a whole at full-time and half-time if you need to, but booing individual players, it's just a bit offside and it's not going to do their confidence any good. There are few players in the, that squad just now, you know, your Dessers, your Lammers, I could go on, but they, they maybe need a wee bit of support and, you know, I know we're slagging them off in here, but that's perfectly valid. We're not doing it to their face, are we? Uh, Lesser listen. Well, there was a surprising valid question from Club 1872 around the lack of saleable assets. John Bennett stated that the board won't comment about the squads. I mean, it's funny because he was saying less than a year ago that it's the best team, he's, best Rangers team he's had in his tenure at Ibrox. So funny that he's not going to say anything about the squad just now. Yeah. I mean, he went on to say that they're ready to support the manager and contracts will be ending for some players so we can recycle their wages. Again, yeah. nothing of real substance there. Yeah. There was a valid question from the uh, Northern Irish Supporters Club saying that they need to leave bang on full time now because of the extended periods for VAR checks and all that is now going into 10 minutes extra time and all that injury time Yeah, and they're looking to see if they can get their bus allocated to a closer spot I think it was you know valid question Bennett stated yep. they'll look into that he did though make an absolute arse of something because he said after that he praised them for staying longer than the subway loyal right. I, I mean he's got a point but this is really not how, uh, the forum to have a pop at your customers no, like that no. is it De no definitely not no no they were asked if the club has any plan plans to fight back to some of the, the detractors out there. They've confirmed that just because the club is quiet doesn't mean that they're not working on things and they don't want to become statement FC. And, you know, there was a, a few people in the SFA and the SPFL wished we would be quiet. But I think that's a difficult one because we want blood and thunder from the, the club sometimes. But see, when we do, some of the fans get all squeamish about it and they don't, oh no, that's not becoming a Rangers. You either want it or you don't. I've always said Rangers should be working in the background at least, but they, they should be kind of telling us, yeah, we are aware we're working on that, yeah. leave it with us. So, yep. A few valid questions about injuries that's getting dealt with, as I said, the, the new background staff that's coming in. And then some fucking dick asked about if the club aims to become net zero. Fuck this right off, Dave. <laughs> and then the same guy apparently stormed out shouting no surrender <laughs> uh. that is like something out of a sketch show let's, yeah. let's be honest that is, I mean, that's like something that, that you would find on uh, BBC Scotland at half past ten on a Wednesday night you know some sort of dodgy sketch co co uh, comedy show you know where the fuck did that up from and it's just <laughs> I will guarantee you that nobody knows who this is I don't think but I will guarantee you that's some deranged lunatic from the other side who's bought one share who's just to attend the AGM just to waste time like that oh my god because if that's a genuine Rangers fan then you know just give up your shares give up your season tickets never attend again oh, please oh dear great comedy value though oh, come on Christ <laughs> So, I mean, that was kind of rounding it out. And, uh, I, I mean, I said this to my mates. People were wanting to grill the board on who was responsible for the shambles of appointing Beal and letting them, uh, letting them have so much money. It's a 100% valid question that needs to be asked. But at the same time, if that got asked, what kind of response were people expecting from that? I mean, what for me, I think the board would have turned around and said, it was a board decision. We backed the manager because if we didn't, there would be an outcry from the fans, quite rightly. So it didn't work out. That sometimes can what, what can happen. Yep. The players were never going to get, get it in the neck. They're sellable assets. So they're not going to criticise a player for being shit or anything like that. 
if an individual in the board took responsibility, well, then what? Are, are there going to be calls to sack that board member? Well, it's not really as simple as that, is it? So, yeah, it was a bit of a shambles all round. The, the questions, you know, need to be a lot better. But as I said in the last podcast, Dave, when you're having these continual fan forum meetings, it's going to dilute AGMs, isn't it? Because yeah. you are getting the head ones there. You're getting Bizgrove. Yep. You're getting all the other board members or most of the board members there every quarter. So these questions are getting taken, just not in an AGM point yeah. of view. So, yep. yeah, we'll need to wait and see how this all transpires. As I suggested yeah. last last time, it might just go down to, you know, two yearly ones or something like that. Yeah. Yep. Anyway. Moving on, we have set up a winter break friendly against FC Copenhagen. That's at Ibrox on Tuesday the 16th of January at 8pm. Apparently we're heading out to Spain for our winter break as well, so at least it's not Dubai. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We'll definitely not be going there. Next thing here, senior scout John Park has left the club. I'm not sure if it's part of the ongoing scouting revamp or has Niels Copenhagen come in and he's clearing the board straight away. Park had previously been successful with Celtic and he only joined us in July 2022 as well. So um, wish him well in his endeavours in the future. And the last piece of football news here I've got is we have moved up to 28th in the coefficient rankings for UEFA. Celtic are 56. So even though we had a really, really poor shambolic season last year in Europe, you know, we're still making tracks and uh, I think we've already surpassed the coefficient this year from what we did last year, which wouldn't be hard, obviously, but brilliant none the same. Yep, and here's hoping that it continues. Derek, here's hoping that, uh, you know, the coefficient will go up again because uh, future... A successful European night starting with Thursday. I yeah, exactly. Yes. So, man trying to break masturbation world record has specific <laughs> approach to self pleasure. Right, Derek, what have you been up to do? <laughs> A man claimed he was attempting to achieve the world record for time spent masturbating. His self pleasure approach is very specific. <laughs> This guy's name. 40-year-old Drake Hardy. Oh, quality. That's, he's, he's, he's looking for a, a, a starring <laughs> role in some movie. Him, definitely. Drake Hardy. Masturbation man. <laughs> well, he said he was going to attempt to undergo the longest period of time masturbating during a oh 2018 interview. God. The claim is to beat Masanobu Sato's 9 hours and 33 minutes. <laughs> which was recognised by the Centre for Sex and Culture way back oh in 2009. Interestingly, the record is actually part of San Francisco's establishment Masturbatathon <laughs> fundraiser. <laughs> what? <laughs> that event apparently raises money for various charities. Oh my Dispel- God. Dispels the self-pleasure shame and contributes to various debates around safer sex. <laughs> Hardy, a master graduate in physics sciences, claimed he had already beat the record but did it away from prying eyes. Speaking <laughs> to Mail Magazine at the time, he said, I knew I could beat it, I bet you fucking did. <laughs> <laughs> That's the whole point. <laughs> Actually, I beat the record, but by myself, without a witness. I figured there's a world record for something I'm happy to be pretty good at and a chance of beating it. He added, who hasn't dreamed of being the best in the world at something? Hardy claimed he can masturbate for a total of 10 hours and 10 minutes and offered readers this tried and tested methods for last longer. (laughs) I dread to think what you're about to come away with. I really do. He explains, first is to get in the mood by putting on some music and setting some (laughs) lights. It's work to go beyond six hours, but I strive to keep it, keep it pleasurable. I won't continue if I'm not receiving pleasure. I certainly stop if it becomes painful. Derek, just thinking of money that you could be making for charity. I don't know, Dave. <laughs> just when I think some of these stories can't. I read the headline, I read the first couple of what paragraphs the, and then I'm like, what? What was the actual event in San Francisco San Francisco called again? The Masturbatathon. 
Oh dear. See, we've been looking for Pepsi Max to become the pod sponsors, but I think we've been barking up the wrong tree all along, Derek. Yes. <laughs> oh well. <laughs> I don't know where to go again from that, Dave. <laughs> no, I still like you. So on that note, we will end the podcast. Yes. Yes, so a good podcast, Dave, all around. Yep. Uh, a lot of important games as ever to come up. We'll see what, what happens. We'll be back with post-matches for hopefully most of them anyway, but yeah. we'll see what happens. Yeah, definitely. As the uh, massive games cu- coming up, what I would do for, like I said, I'm not, I'm not asking for much. Just six wins in a row would, would be good, but uh, we'll, we'll wait and see what happens. Yes, yeah, so all that's left to say is thanks for listening and goodbye. Bye-bye, folks. Take care. And the stadium erupts in red, white and blue. You've never seen anything like it. Let's go. Fuck's sake, man, the best players aren't going to want to stay now. You think O'Reilly's going to want to fucking sit with those twat bags? Fuck, man, he'd take a move to Swansea at this point. <laughs>